This is Mission Disco, a conversation about imagination, innovation, and Christian mission in Ireland and beyond. I am Simon Kilpatrick. And I am Brian Sanders. We are your DJs for this conversation. Brian, how are you doing? Simon. <laughs> Good to see you again on a screen. I don't know actually when the last time I saw you in person was. It was. Uh, it does feel like it's been a long time. It is a long time. Uh, strange old times working from home. You're uh, you're probably somewhat used to working from home. I've trying to uh, learn how to do it. Um, getting there. We thought for this podcast we had um, recorded ones a few weeks ago on various things, which we'll probably release at some point. Um, but just thought they weren't that appropriate for. Um, yeah. The time we're in now, we thought it'd be better to uh, re-record something that's slightly more um, engaging for the time we're in. So we thought we'd think a little bit about what it means to be at home, uh, missionaries from home, uh, what that looks like. So it'll be probably more of a conversational thing about how we're getting on and, and things uh, that we're learning or seeing or doing. Um, so we thought we'd we'd share with that. How are you getting on overall, Brian? What's home like? With See, that's the thing. I, I, I feel bad because I kind of like it. You know, there's a, it's like an introvert's paradise over here. Uh, so I, I'm trying. If your kids are good, it's great. Yeah, if your kids are quiet. Fair enough, fair enough. I, I do, my kids are old enough now where they, they will listen to instruction. So that's a, I, I understand that's probably like a turning point uh, in the quality of life issue at this moment. So they, don't, people, but... uh, they don't come into your room looking for princess coloring sheets then though. <laughs> I get that quite a lot. I have princess coloring sheets on my uh, desktop all the time. Yeah, you get them kind of randomly coming in in the middle of um, Zoom calls. But that's uh, part of it, I suppose, isn't it? So are you feeling, are you feeling any kind of cabin fever yet? Or are you, how are you no, coping? No, I'm, I'm, I would normally would. I hate, I hate kind of being stuck in one place and I hate structure and being told to stay still. But I think this part of this time actually embracing it is an important part of it. I think yeah. realizing not only are, uh, is Ireland in this place, but actually the whole world and just going, look, this is what it is. And this is how we have to embrace it. And just going, and I read a recent article there about, um, grief and, um, people feeling that this was a time of grief, a little bit of, uh, you know, we plans have changed. We've, we've canceled, um, the practice gathering, you know, different people have plans that have fallen apart and don't exist. You're not seeing friends. And there is a little bit of grief in that and going, look, this is sad. We've lost things and lost relationships, lost a structure, lost a space and quiet, all those kind of things. But I think if we can, I think I find the way to do it is just to embrace it and just go, look, this is what it is. It's going to look different. My day is going to look different. It's going to be interrupted. Um, I just have to work at a different pace and, and do things differently. And I think in doing that, then I find it a little bit easier. So I don't find cabin fever as much. I've got out here and there for a few walks, but and been in the garden a little bit. Thankfully, the weather has been good, so the kids have been yeah. outside running around. So, are you, are you an extrovert, though? Just for the record, are you an extrovert? I don't know. I kind of struggle with this. I do like my own space, and I probably energize through that. If you talk about it like that, do you? But okay, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You're an introvert anyway. I know, but yeah, I was just. I'm thinking about. It must be a hard time for extroverts. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I keep having this. The, <laughs> The picture of that that scene in the movie I Am Legend. Do you remember that yeah, Will yeah. Smith movie I Am yeah. Legend, where he's like talks he talks to the mannequins or whatever, and he he always goes and gets a DVD from the from the the 
movie store every day. And then, and then that, that moment after his dog dies, when he's like at a corner of his eye, looking at that woman mannequin and he's like, please say hello to me. Please say hello to me. I just keep thinking of all extroverts are feeling that right now. They're just like, please someone have a party. We've done a few things. Uh, We did a table quiz there on zoom and had chatted to friends last night on zoom. So it's, you know, I'm glad it's They're finding their way yeah. in the era where technology exists, at least. It would be different maybe if we didn't have that. Huge. Oh, yeah, that's huge. It's a massive definitely. thing. But, um, yeah, I thought we thought it would be uh, useful just to talk a little bit about what it's um, like, maybe not necessarily working from home, but when we think about mission in this podcast, has generally been about how we do mission in, uh, in the world today. And that obviously looks very different when we're locked down. Most countries around the world are locked down. And what does that look like? How do we do mission? And that's maybe even starting there is probably the place where we think it's about doing mission. And I think it's been reminded again that it's God at work and it's God's mission and we're joining in with that. And yeah. I think that gives a little bit of a, a freedom um, and it takes some of the responsibility um, off of us again, which is an important thing. And I think for me, I find that difficult because I tend to be a task focused person and I like to do stuff and get stuff done and I'm I suppose learning that that's not always um, a helpful thing so yeah a little bit on on um on thinking about how how mission happens or how we as missionaries all of us um, ordinary people ordinary missionaries what what this time looks like uh, for missionaries how have you been getting on with that um, Brian it's funny. I mean, there, you know, in one sense, there's no precedent for this, this kind of, you know, forced confinement. Um, but maybe, maybe there are microcosms. You know, I was, I, I was thinking about every couple of years or so I get really sick. I don't know if, I don't know how often you get sick, but, and when I get sick, I just get like violently, you know, like body shattering, you know, Out for life. a few weeks life wretching no no for like a day or two okay I just get okay. get food poisoning or something. i don't know whatever it is you know something happens you're just like your your life is over and then of course whatever you had planned when you're that kind of sick i mean just like you know debilitating sick you know it's too bad you're not doing it you're not going and whoever had a meeting scheduled if you had something important happening too bad it's just not happening and and you get that and everybody else gets that and there's a certain like grace that's extended to you because you're really sick. People actually feel, you know, support of you and, and you hate it. I, I think when stuff like that happens to me, I'm always thinking, I don't know if this is right or not, but I always think somehow it's God at work. Like it, as awful as it feels to be that sick, I always think, okay, God wanted to shut me down for a couple of days for some reason. Um, and I, I try to see it as almost like a spiritual discipline, like a resetting of my life, my body, my mind. Um, of course, it's, it's an occasion for prayer because even when you start to recover, you're just a mess. So you're just laying there in bed trying to, you know, get normal, get right again. But I can see, I, I, I just see it as like, okay, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to run to you, Lord. I'm going to, I'm going to try to find you in this. And you obviously wanted me to slow down. So you just took me out for a couple of days. Now I don't, I'm not, 
there's no, there's, no, there's no theological assertion there. I'm not saying it is or isn't God or what, however that works is, is up to you. But, but that's how I see it. That's how I feel it. That's how I experience it and take it. And I'm grateful in a, in a weird way for that, that pause, that, that confinement that it brings. So I don't know. I was thinking about that just like regardless of these, the circumstances that brought us to this point, here we are. You know, we're confined. And, you know, how is God, how is it a gift, I guess, is what I'm wrestling with. How, how can I see this, this not as something to get away from as a missionary person? Of course, when I feel better, when I start to feel better, I know I'm going to go right back to mission. I know I'm going to go right back to doing mission. It's who I am, right? So for those two days where I'm like laid out sick, I don't stop being a missionary. I don't cease being a missionary, but I did cease to do mission for a couple of days. Um, and I think that's a really important difference to make because I think, you, you know, you look around and you see whether it's on social media or uh, stories from friends, you hear how, how the churches respond or how individuals are serving their communities and people are being creative. And we'll maybe talk about that at another point, but there is uh, a pressure. I think sometimes we've, put on ourselves as Christians or as missionaries that it always is about the doing. Um, and that is a point and we do need to do that. You know, we speak the gospel, you, you live out the gospel. We do need to do that. But yeah, it is maybe taking a moment. I think that analogy of being sick is quite a helpful um, thing to do because, you know, we're missionaries, we're Jesus followers all the time, regardless of what we do in inverted commas. And this moment or pause or, um, time um, that we're all experiencing is a moment to yeah maybe be re-energized or be taught again or to rest yeah. or to yeah. reflect so i think it's really important that we that that's okay because i think there's there's a, a maybe a, an unsaid pressure right there that people need to to do things or we need to be producing or whatever that looks like yeah. for each one of us no totally and because especially i mean for us we're like we're trying to i don't know champion the the call to mission and and you know i one of the things i i'm always saying is like you have to embody it so there there are people that are fond of you know missiology or fond of the idea that the church should be doing mission but they themselves don't do mission and so that frustration causes us to be pretty vigilant about embodiment like you have to do it you can't just say it's important you can't just talk about it but I think maybe the downside of that or the, the, the threat of that is it, it's like a works-based salvation or something. You know, it's like if, you're, if, you, if you stop doing mission for a couple of weeks, do you cease to be a missionary? You know, have you lost your, your identity somehow? And that, so we just feel this, this kind of low-grade latent pressure to always be doing something to prove that we're legitimate, you know, we're really missional people. Um, and so, you know, so for people that don't do any mission at all ever, and you have it, you know, just kind of tune me out here for a couple of seconds. Um, but for those of us that do, and then actually maybe our threat is maybe something closer to burnout, you know, us not doing mission for, for even a few weeks doesn't, it, it shouldn't change who we are. It doesn't change who we are. You know, we know that as soon as they let us out of here, you know, as soon as they let me out of this house or whatever, I, 
I'm I'm gonna go right back into the fray. I'm I'm gonna go right back into the mission of God because it's who I am, and and nothing really can take that away. I think once you feel, if we can feel that kind of identity issue sorted out, then we take this moment of confinement and see it for what it is. And like you said, not just give people permission uh, that it's okay to not be doing mission. Like you, we're going to give you a pass for a couple of weeks. You can be a delinquent missionary for a couple of weeks, but to actually think, how do we capitalize on this sort of downtime? How can we actually use it? Uh, use these weeks or even, even if it becomes a couple of months or something, how do we use it to create energy? permission in the future and what do you think, think about it, that yeah no i think it's i think it's important that we do that maybe we could talk about some of those things that we we have been doing or some of the things that we've been reflecting on but the the question of the doing mission i think takes the the works based salvation that we we always hear about but it does happen with mission because mission is such a it's an action a lot of the time it, if we see it as an action and we see about us doing it and making it happen then we take the the power away from God or we take God's mission away from God rather than saying God is at work. And, and that's a question today as we, as we sit together here, God is at work in this world in different ways. And um, maybe not as um, uh, obviously, and maybe because we're stuck at home, but I think God's still at work in our, in our homes and in our relationships that we have online as well. But um, God is still at work. And I, I do think the thing I, I, I suppose I come back to here and uh, now and again is, you know, what, what can God do in this time of, I don't know, separation in this time of being by ourselves? Like what is God doing in each of us as individuals? What's he teaching us through what we're reading in his word or in books? What is he teaching us through podcasts that we listen to? What is he teaching us just through silence and, and quiet? And I think through that, what, what way do we come out? But I think there is that, the, the question that we have to remind ourselves is if God, it's God's mission. God is at work now, even during this time. How are we taking time to hear that and learn that and hear what God is, is saying through this? Yeah, there, there, there definitely feels like a contemplative opportunity mm-hmm. for the missionary person in this moment. Like, I'm always thinking, okay, as an activist personality, I'm always thinking, uh, I don't pray enough. I don't reflect enough. I don't spend enough time with my kids. I don't just let, I don't luxuriate in the presence of God like I should, like I kind of want to actually, because I, maybe it's dysfunctional, but I feel like there's work to do. And there is always work to do. Um, Okay, so now here I am in a situation where I can't leave my home. I'm with my, at least the two kids that are still here. I'm with Monica and the two boys every day, watching, tending to their school, interacting just with them, at least on a face-to-face kind of basis. I do have some time and space because other engagements have been canceled where I can think and pray and read Well, I always read, but you know, the, the, that, that contemplative opportunity is so ripe. Uh, it, it's like not in conflict with my missionary 
identity or my missionary dreams, even for myself, it's, it's like this gift. It's, it's, it's like Christmas over here, at least for that side of my life. You know, the, 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 the desire to have a deeper prayer life. Okay. This is it. This is a moment. This is a time where I can, Brian, I can go do you on find that. that? Do you find that? Um, sorry, my child is knocking at the window beside me. <laughs> exactly. Right on cue. Right on cue. <laughs> um, do you find this? Um, do you find it uh, easy to, to say, I'm going to take the time or the quiet to do that? Because your mind, and probably mine to a certain example, not probably at the same speed as yours, is trying to find solutions and trying to work through stuff and trying to go, well, what's, uh, what's next? How do I learn in this situation? How do we um, adapt? How do we pivot in this situation? And I, because I, I was, you know, when you talk about the contemplative prayer, I think it's a really important thing. And I was part of a, a prayer uh, thing there last week. And, and part of the time was just being made to be quiet. Actually, it was a really helpful thing because for me, sometimes it does need to, I need to be made to do it. I need to be told to do it sometimes and, and learn that and remind myself of that again. Yeah. And, and I think I, none of us would ever teach mission without prayer. For example, we would never say that mission or the mission is not really fueled and catalyzed by prayer. Uh, in other words, we, we, we have to be listening to the heart of God for the thing we're about to go do. We have to return back into the presence of God to say, Lord, how was that? What do you think? What should we change? But then there's some, there's almost, there's also this like supernatural dynamic of, I don't even know how to say it, like powers and principalities, you know, leveraging, getting the enemy's hands off a certain, you know, space or, or, or missionary field. And, and I just think of like the Jericho, the, the, nonsense the the foolishness of circling jericho you know and and all of a sudden we have a chance to just prayer walk our neighborhoods and take it as a that's a serious work it's not not missionary to prayer walk your neighborhood to pray for every house on your block to 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 get in the fray in the kind of prayer sphere um and again you know, I'm, I'm built more for, for hands-on tactile stuff, but, but I've never not thought that work was not equal. Uh, it's nearly been reminded of the foundational parts of mission, that kind of listening and that prayer, the prayer walking and going back to the thing that mission is, is based from or based on and right. going back to those simple building blocks and being reminded yeah. again that God loves us. God wants to speak to us. God wants to see his kingdom come through us as his church. Um, but it's been reminded of those simple things that we can do at home in our neighborhoods from a distance, yeah. whatever. Well, and all we teach, we teach this like all, all missionary engagement is a loop between of theological reflection, between reflection and action, reflection and action. So essentially what we're having here is a prolonged, enforced period of reflection <laughs> so this is a part that is a part of missionary life that is a part of missionary engagement it's not something else it is not it is not a break from that it is it is essential to actually take some time look when was the last time you or i or anybody we know just really sat down and and kind of cataloged okay our missionary life or our missionary work in the past five years let's really look at it What's work? What hasn't worked? Because who has the time for that? I mean, who has the space to sit down and really try to catalog where have I seen God being at work 
over a longer period of time. It just, it's just a moment where that, that's something we could do. That is something we could take time to do. So you walk out of this time whenever it ends, whenever we're, we're allowed to go out again, uh, with data, with, with research, with a renewed sense of clarity or understanding because we've been in the presence of God, possibly, if we used it that way, and because we've done deep reflection on the work and we're ready to go, like chomping at the bit. You know, we were talking about this earlier. I was just, I kept thinking of like, because we both like football. You know, I kept thinking of like a, a footballer who's benched and isn't getting any game time, isn't getting any playing time, but they never stop thinking of themselves as a footballer. They just see it as a time. I've got to train. I've got to train, train, train. I've got to keep myself fit. And, and actually, if anything, their, their longing to play grows in that kind of bench warming position. And, and in contrast to say that the veteran player who's on the field every single week, twice a week, playing all the time and starting actually to burn out a little bit and forgetting just what a privilege and what a joy it is to play football as a career. And that guy on the bench is just waiting to get in because they cannot wait for their moment. And if we come out of this time we're just like, put us in coach, you know, that we want God to, we're ready. We're in, in, in energized from this time of reflection and prayer and, and the longings in us that, that have driven us towards mission in the past will grow to where we see a real like explosion of missional energy at the end of this. That's something I'm hoping for. It's something I think is very, very possible if we're cultivating our hearts while we're at home. I think that's a, it's a really helpful analogy to think about that as, a, I suppose, any sports personality, not just a, a footballer. And I've, you, you see some of the photos of some of those players training, um, you know, still doing their weights training, still doing their, uh, their running. Um, and I think uh, seeing this time as, as that is, is a really helpful thing to do. One thing you mentioned there, which is quite helpful, is reflecting back on, on life, maybe the last year. How's that gone? That's something... Maybe we do once a year, but maybe it's something we haven't done for a long time. And I think that's a really helpful thing to do. Well, what is working and what, where is the growth? Where is God at work? What other kind of things would you suggest, Brian? I think uh, uh, now is another opportunity to, to be reading and to be challenged, to be thinking, uh, you know, reading things that will challenge our thinking about what it is to be a missionary, what it is to how to do mission, what church looks like. I think there's opportunity to do that and to reevaluate it against with, the things that we are doing in the the life we are leading. What other things would you have you would you suggest in, in terms of training or? Yeah, I don't, yeah, like I, I guess it feels like we need to be engaging probably in like all three spheres of time. You know, like the past, the present, and the future. You know, looking back, some reflecting, some on what we've done. Um, the future. You know, like get just some time to kind of let your mind go. Um, you know, take a walk and think, okay, this walk, I'm going to go for an hour walk. And I just want to think about what, what might be coming. You know, what, what are my dreams? What are my hopes? Like revisit your calling and, and imagine, I, I've seen a couple of things on social media where people say like, when this is over, I will. And it's kind of a fill in the blank thing. Uh, I love that, you know, be thinking about what are you going to do? What are you going to change? How are you going to re-engage? 
where do you kind of when when you get put back in the game what are you going to do dreaming about the future but then man also just the present like i really see that i'm 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 just kind of taking this as again a, a just a huge gift because as a missionary person activist and as a person that's like started a bunch of things which is very time intensive you know i sometimes wonder if i've had enough time one on one time with my kids you know and here I am with them every day. I just want to cherish it. You know, I, I, I worry, have I been a good, am I a good enough father? Am I a good enough husband? So, you know, I, I try to live again, reflectively before God on that. But, but here we are in a moment where it's like, can you just, I don't know, pour into your kids. Can you spend some quality time with your wife? Can you, can you just, can we, those of us that are married, at least, can we just get to know each other again or just, you know, affirm, pour into, uh, nurture, build, ha take a moment to actually say, let's, what can we do? What can I do to strengthen this relationship here? This primary relationship to touch, to show you how much you mean to me. Uh, and, and, and how can I listen to you a little bit more deeply? Like I have a moment here where I, I'm not distracted and I want to give myself to you in the present. Uh, and our kids. I don't know. I was going to ask you how it's going with your kids. Uh, are you are you trying to like homeschool them? Is that what's happening? Are you are you trying to keep up with their schoolwork and stuff like that? Yeah, that's the plan. Uh, some schools <laughs> I know have been better than others, and some schools have kind of done online teaching. But yeah, that is a part. Obviously, not doing a full day, and that can be difficult. They're all at different places. Uh, Quinn hasn't started school yet, so there's less pressure on on her to do things. Some of them work better by themselves, and we'll get on with stuff. But that. It, it's a difficult thing and it can be a bit of a struggle at times, but as you say, it is an opportunity. And I think I've seen written places because the school have sent out some stuff, but not religiously go through all this. So I think it's, it's been an opportunity to do other things. I've done probably more cooking and baking and random yeah. stuff in the garden than I have done in the past. And those kind of things are an interesting thing, exploring other things you just don't have time for. You don't have time to bake or at least, right go through a recipe or go through something with with your kids so that's that's been an interesting time we made uh, wild garlic pesto there uh, recently we found wild wild garlic out we were out for a walk and no one's died anyway so definitely i presume it was wild garlic. I, I have to confess i really like the mental image of you uh in an apron baking i just i'm gonna hold that i'm gonna hold that in my not head not for too long yeah so long. I, it is a, it's a, it is interesting time. Like it is definitely difficult times, but I think, you know, family and uh, partners is a really important thing, but also I think it's reevaluating relationships with, with anyone, with our friends, uh, with work colleagues, yeah. you know, even sitting down and going through like, who are my close friends and how am I, how are we investing in that relationship? Um, how am I, uh, using that time? Um, to think through texting them maybe it's calling them maybe it's thinking about what is that the future of that relationship look like what what are the the opportunities there uh, with those people so I think there's yeah. there's reevaluating a lot of those relationships the ones that we yeah maybe some of us who live uh, with families at home or if you're living by yourself or a housemate um, it's an opportunity there to go what do what do my other relationships look like uh, I think it's important. Yeah, I, th I think it's, we all probably have something we've said to ourselves in the last couple of years, like, man, if I had more time, I would do this. If I had more time, I would read that book or I would learn how to play the piano or I would, you know, 
care more for my garden or I would, I would nurture this friendship better or something like that. And I, I just think, okay, this is this, at least at some level, this is God saying, okay, now you do. So, well, some of us do. So what are you going to do with that time? I mean, again, I, I, I just see it. There, there's real opportunity here. You know, our, our kids, because they're, they are, they have some work sent to them from school. It probably takes about four hours a day for them to work on that work. And then what we did is we created additional electives. So we, we had a long, just awesome talk with them about what would you want to learn yourself? What are some things that you've always wanted to get better at or learn? And they came up with a series of electives. So now I have an 11 year old and a 16 year old. So just for context. And so some of the things they came up with was like art, you know, Skylar really likes to draw. He wants to get better at that music. Simeon wants to get better at the piano. We talk about like theology uh, that they want to grow in their understanding of the Bible and metaphysics and stuff like that. Uh, and we talked about cooking. So that actually we had loads of ideas. That's what we ended up with were those electives. Um, so do you have an apron? I don't per- personally wear an apron, but they were wearing an apron the other day when they had their cooking class. So it was great. You weren't teaching it, no? Well, I was helping. I was helping. I was helping. <laughs> But even like, okay, here's a chance for me to teach my kids theology. You know, I'm talking to them about the five classical proofs for the existence of God. And now both my boys are conversant in the cosmological argument and uh, they understand the preexistence of God and, you know, creation ex nihilo. And it's like just, I've only had three classes of theology with them and it's already like, man, this is such a joy and such an opportunity that I get to participate in their education even if it's just for a minute, you know, in, in a formal way, you know, in like a formal way. And even you, I just think, I know your kids are so young and they're running around crazy, but it's like, I just don't think you're going to ever regret these weeks that you had with your girls, you know, that you'll, they'll remember it probably for possibly for their whole lives. Like remember when, remember when we were a, a school and remember when daddy was baking us, cookies every day or whatever uh i just think it's- yeah no absolutely they will it, 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 it is and we'll all remember it for lots of different reasons but i think yeah younger kids will remember it like even seeing doing church online or i know yeah. in ignite day we, we've been doing a, a story uh you know three times a week where uh, someone comes in and uh, reads a story so even things like that they'll remember and i think community will look different and relationships will be uh, will be different um and we will value those times. They are an important uh, time. Yeah, and I, I maybe just just to kind of end or close with the an image. I, I think well, maybe two. Like there's a kind of technological um, metaphor that's in my mind of like rebooting. You know, when you when you shut down a system completely and then restart it you know, your, your router, your computer, your phone, whatever, something, something fundamental happens. I, I confess, I don't really understand, but, um, systems are restarted. Every, every piece of software is rebooted and something really good, healthy. There's a kind of cleansing that happens in a reboot. And this feels like a reboot. It it could be, it can be for, for our souls, a reboot. And then maybe a more natural, metaphor would be something like winter and springtime 
that this is a kind of enforced winter. And, you know, in the winter, the seed, you know, I don't know, even that, the seed that goes into the ground must die. The seed that has to fall to the ground and die disappears into the soil and appears to be gone and dead and useless. But then what comes out of that, the miracle of, of life and spring, is that something really alive and verdant. This, this could be seeds planted in soil in a winter time in a, in a kind of dormant period for us or what feels like it's dormant, but it isn't because God can really restore our souls. He can really inspire new dreams in us. He can give us the gift of time to be used in a couple of key areas. And I, at least for one, really do have this expectation of springtime that there will be just a, a, a blossoming explosion of creative missional endeavor when this thing is over and, and the sun is shining and, and things begin to grow again. Absolutely. No, I completely agree with you. I think it, there is, it is a, a time of, of quiet and not obvious growth, but I think that will come um, and things will look different when we come out of this. And I think the question for us all to consider, maybe the church wider as well, but us individually, is what are the things that we're planting now and what are we, what are we investing in or what we, we say if we've the next three weeks or six weeks or 10 weeks, whatever we have, what, what do I want to see growing out of that? And what am I going to put my time into? What am I going to spend an hour a day on three hours a week on whatever it is that we want to give to God and say, he might make something out of this. And what are those things? I think that's really helpful for us to consider. Thank you, Brian. Good to chat today. Good job. We did it. You've been listening to Mission Disco, a podcast by Praxis Movement. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Praxis Movement. Subscribe, like, or download this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or online at praxismovement.com.